All right. All right. You got a second They're working on it. They're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> strike up then. Still striking. <laughs> strike well, up then. Part two. Striking harder. <laughs> Strike update three, the final chapter, question mark. <laughs> strike uh, update, well, electric striking. Strike update, legacy. Strike update, origins. Strike update, generations. I don't have more. <laughs> strike update, in space. Strike update. New beginnings? The strikening? I don't know. The struckening? Anyway, they're still working on it. Um, Studios uh, the actors from the negotiating table. Actors requested two percent, I believe. Mm. Mm. Do you know how much two percent is? It's nothing. It's peanuts. Just give it to them. Like they're doing you the favor, and they're already by... increasing the the price of streaming. Right, by more than two percent. Jesus Christ! That's why oh, we go God. back to the pirate bay. We go back to the pirate bay. Um, look, I want the strike to be over because I want the actors to be, uh, to be paid what they deserve, but also like consider what they're doing. Like they are, they are at this point, very overexposed theater kids. They deserve their money. Come on, man. Like it's. Yeah, man, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, look, wrestling fans are cheering for it though. Why? Because we get the rock and John Cena. As long as the strike continues, we get more rock and we get more John Cena. Did you see the video of uh, John Cena and Shaq trying to get into like a small ass electric car for a carpool karaoke session? No, it's the funniest thing ever because they don't fit and they're trying so hard to make John it to fit. We're um, wasting, we're wasting light, man. Come on. Let's see. Oh my god! They're trying. Oh my! There, no way. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> See, <it was> like squish. <laughs> oh man, that was when he still had his hair. Yeah, I don't know when it was, but yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, we're going. Well, we're still signing with the actors. We're still going to share their links and stuff. We're still supporting them. But let's go talk about uh, Mexican traditional horror, psychological A twenty four ish. Uh, Spanish shit. I Come on, hit the I, intro. Thank you for welcoming us into your headphones. My name is Chema. I'm Eddie. And reviewing Wesera, the Bone Woman. And this is the rollback. So Wasera, aka post punk part of depression, Valeria's joy at becoming a first time mother is quickly taken away when she's cursed by a sinister entity. As a danger closes in, she's forced deeper into a chilling world of dark magic that threatens to consume her. So this is the directorial debut of one Michelle Garza Cervera, stalling Natalia Solian, Alfonso Dosal, Mayra Batalla, Mercedes Hernandez, Aida Lopez, and other actor so this actually came out back in february uh it came out in theaters it made it made a, a a bit of a splash and it started to gain a lot of traction a lot of attention uh I, I, after being in theaters for a bit it moved into uh amazon prime video where it, it was more commercially available and i think it was started to be uh uh streamable in other places so um 
I think it's also on Shutter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's also on Shutter. That that is correct. Yeah. Uh, so it's a small, small budget Mexican horror film, very much in the vein of uh, the more recent uh, psychological and uh, uh, elevated horror, if you want to use that word. And it's about Carrie. It's about the curse or gift of childbirth. So very much. Two people like you and me are very much in position to talk about this, so uh, <clears throat> obviously not. But we can give our perspective on the filmmaking aspect and what we liked about it. So I suggested that we watch this, and uh, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. I saw a little video review, um, but I want to go further into what did you think. So what did you think of Wesera? So first and foremost, I'm thank God for the Y chromosome. Because that looks terrifying. <laughs> My utmost respect. I think I made a point during the video of saying, gentlemen, if you're listening to this and your wife like gave birth or like you guys have kids, shut the fuck up and change the diapers. Shut the <laughs> fuck up and go get the bottles. Like she pushed a human beady, a human being out of her. You can do the rest. That that's my take on childbirth. But as far as <laughs> like um this movie, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Genuinely, this is one of those movies where I was like, okay, I'm either going to, this is either going to be a chore or I'm going to love it. No, turned out really, really liked it. Like it was shockingly scary. Didn't rely a lot on pop-up scares and relied a lot of, on disturbing imagery that I appreciated. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it short. Yeah. It's short. It's like an hour and 40, I think. Um, yeah. So it doesn't like overstay its welcome. It doesn't feel any point where it's, uh, it's very, like you want it to end, I feel like it's it it goes it breathes, a really nice though, space. in a good way. It breathes very much, so it gives you a chance to get to know the main couple, uh, Valeria and Raúl. Um, what I really like is that you get to see a lot of their dynamic as a couple, not by them talking about it. Like we don't know when they started dating, we don't know how they got together, we don't know anything about that. We just see their dynamic, and for the most part, at the first half. It's a pretty healthy dynamic. Like, uh, like they talk. They both have like their own job, which they both do at home. Um, it's uh, I like how little by little we have we start to uh, see their dynamic and see how they work together, and how at least it looks perfect at the beginning until it doesn't. The movie has a great opening sequence with a. Uh, with uh, Valeria walking with her family up to the statue of uh, of the of La Virgen de Guadalupe, with like this chanting in the background, and that song that they're singing is a very traditional song that they sing here in Mexico whenever it's like the the Virgin's Day or something. But they found a way to make it extremely creepy and extremely scary and extremely like moody. And uh, it got to a point where, like, you almost felt like a jump scare was coming or, like, a cut or something. But it just let itself build on top of that. It was very, very scary and incredibly creative to use such a unique, like, uh, image and uh, and music from Mexican culture into this story. Mm -hmm. I, so... One thing I really appreciated is the fact that this movie did what most movies won't do, which is dive into Mexican culture when it comes to like dealing with um, witchcraft, when it comes to dealing with like religious symbolism, bad spirits. The Bone Woman is not a um, a folktale I'm familiar with from Mexico, 
from the little research I did do, it is like a legitimate like like mm-hmm. it, like it's like Bigfoot or you, you know it's an actual folktale from yeah. Mexico, not something that we're really familiar with. Everyone knows La Llorona, not a lot of people knows know about this one. Um, but you know what's one thing I did like about it at the very beginning is you're right they did kind of I want to say fool us by thinking like okay uh, Valeria wants this kid she wants this family she wants you know to be here because we find out later on that she's kind of doing it not necessarily because she wants to but partially because she feels like she has to because of the death of her brother she feels like now the family weight falls on her yeah um little by little we start to see like what happened to her what happened to there's a story that they keep telling about like a neighbor kid that she held and that she accidentally dropped by the stairs and that the kid wasn't the same afterwards. And we start to see that manifest itself in like this vision that she's seeing of a neighbor that jumps from the window and just starts crawling bit, towards her. Crawling towards her. The best thing about this movie, like my favorite thing about this movie, is the sound design. Mm-hmm. Uh th- like something about bone creaking. I I I don't think it's been fully exploded like as a medium in a movie this way. Uh, like I found it genuinely terrifying, and like I'm, I'm not one to like crack my bones. Like I'm, I, 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 I don't do that. I know a lot of people that like do that out of, out of like, like stress or like, kind of like a, like a thing to do with their hands or something. I was like my, like I was, I was, I had shivers down my spine every time that she would do it. Like, uh, or there are scenes where she's in like a bathtub and she's kind of like. The, 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 that shot is usually used a lot in like a poster or something, but like she's kind of like she starts to creak her, her her bones, and it's fucking scary, man. And it's yeah, it's very effective in a way to see that this thing is very, very little by little taking her life and controlling it. Yeah. Well, also though, I don't know. One of the things I like about this movie is that it doesn't beat you over the head with the with the symbolism, but it's there as far as like. Are these spirits spirits? Is this the postpartum depression? Is this like the anxiety and depression from becoming a mother when you don't want to? Because folks, I'm I'm gonna beat an old drum that you've heard before. Becoming a parent is not something to be taken lightly. Like there is now a human life in your hands that if you fuck up, there are consequences there. So imagine you think you want to do this. You're already too deep in to back out, and then you realize, I don't think I want to be a mother. I don't want to be a parent. That is that is terrifying in itself. I'm terrified to be a parent because I don't want to fuck it up, but I know I want to be a dad. I can't imagine going the other way and being like, oh, the kid's already here, but I really don't didn't want this. I made a mistake. Yeah, I can't imagine that. And that's why what I hope this movie causes, I, ho- I hope it causes a conversation. I hope it goes into people's psyche and, and makes them think like, do I really want this? Or do I just think I want this because I've been told that I want this? Like maybe Pressure from your family. And that's totally okay. And if there's something that Mexicans are good for is like that me- that that traditional family pressure. And yeah. uh, I like that it's portrayed here. Not <coughs> I don't want to say in a negative light, but definitely in a way that it's very realistic. And I was going to say, man, no, I saw, my, I saw, not my immediate family. My immediate family is golden, but my okay. extended family. Oh, I saw some bullshit there. <laughs> oh man, 
Well, like, like, can we talk about the the instance where um, it kind of begins to escalate a bit when she's babysitting her niece and her nephew? Oh yeah, what a great fuck scene. those kids. Fuck those kids to start. That's how kids are. That's just how kids are. Yeah, no, no, uh, not if you break them. Not if you break them when they're young. You need to Jesus break their Christ. souls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look, I've been saying this thing to myself where like or like I've been saying uh you know, you say you're you're you 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 see yourself becoming a parent. I don't. Like I keep saying this thing where I'm like I I would rather not have kids and regret not having them later than having kids and regret having them. So I'm like, I see that those scenes and I'm like, man, even uncle work seems tough. Like Jesus Christ, like what <laughs> is happening there? Like, yeah, those kids, like kids, but like also like, I like how she put herself in a position where she's like, no, no, like she put herself in front of them. She's, uh, she's trying her best, but like, they don't make it easy, but they never do. That's how kids are. Yeah. I mean, she could have just left them there. I mean, save one. Save the good one. Leave the bad one out there to get murdered. I mean, I'm just saying. Your kids so are going to love we all the sat. studio one day. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Your kids are going to love when they go back and listen to this. Like, it's going <laughs> to. First off, finish your goddamn homework. Second, then you can listen to this review. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't regret you guys at all. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but let's not play about this next part. Uh, so one thing I also did like is how, I don't want to say how realistic it is because it's not my story to tell. But yeah. I do think there is some, I like the fact that they jump into the aspect of like Valeria. I don't know if she's bi or straight up lesbian because she doesn't seem to enjoy sleeping with her husband at the beginning. And she's very passionate when it comes to her girlfriend, who turns out to be her girlfriend, uh, Octavia. Um, They're very passionate with one another. Um, And I like the fact that they kind of visit this whole, like, you know, she's really this way, but due to family pressure, she goes this way. Um, In addition to that, like the whole, did she ever really want to be a parent in the first place? That's where it became apparent to me that I was like, oh, I don't even think she wants this at all. I don't think she wants this relationship. Uh, like she felt pressured apparent. into it. Huh? <laughs> it became, <It> became yeah. apparent. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, ah, oh, I could have used a different word. But yeah, um, I like how it dives yeah. into that aspect of it. And, and I like how we get like a little flashback of her, like in her pre-college years where she's a little bit more free. She's part of this like punk group. Yeah. And they're, they're just doing they're doing hood rat shit and like they're, they're, they're having a good time because like they're doing ratchet shit they're, they're doing hood rat shit which is different it's uh it's, <laughs> it's different and uh and they're having a good time and there are people who decide like hey that person that i was at like 17 i'm gonna be that person forever and they're happy and if that's their decision then they should be able to do that but family pressure is focus there we go uh yeah but family just fa- family pressure is extremely, extremely dangerous, especially here. I would dare say it's more dangerous here than it is in the U.S. Because I feel like the U.S. I feel like they even let you like be a little bit more eccentric here. N- not really. I mean, maybe they do, but like in a different way. It's 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 a lot different. No, uh, I I think it's culture up north. I again, I can't say for. 
God, we, me and Fernie were making jokes about it when we were talking about Blue Beetle and people from yeah. up north. We don't kick our kids out when they turn 18 and we're like, get the fuck out. It's like, no, yeah. we're very much a tight knit family community, but there's enough breathing room to be like, express yourself. It's fine. Um, whereas in Mexico, I don't know what it's like in Mexico being LGBTQ+. I don't know what the experience is like. I don't know. Is it as heavily scrutinized is it more widely accepted like i i have no basis to go off of for that it varies man it's it, it very much varies on where you are like there are there are cities in mexico where it's like extremely open and like it's extremely okay but then there are some that are like extremely traditional uh i don't know if you heard but in the past like month and a half or two months uh mexico like like all of our states have decriminalized abortion so uh decriminalized decriminalized so good that that means that the states that did not criminalize it they're clear and they are now approved to like perform abortions wherever they want and the states that do have laws that that criminalize it have until have a full year to change those laws and uh so once that pass so once that that's completely cleared there will be you can pretty much get an abortion in every corner in mexico like it will be like legal safe and um for the most part free if i'm not if i'm not sure if, if i'm not incorrect mm-hmm. um so Poor progress comes progress comes in waves it comes little by little but last week there was the international book fair here in monterrey mm-hmm. and the plan was it's like this big national uh inter- well international uh book fair that like celebrates books and writers and, and publishing houses and everything. And the big guest this year was going to be Veronica Roth, who wrote the Divergent books. Like she was going to come here. And the day before the the event started, uh, there was an event in the in the convention, which uh, was like a drag queen's uh, reading hour for children. Uh, mm-hmm. You know those events, they're, they're very popular. And it was like also like a drag and, and trans uh, whole event of like, uh, a conference and a talk and like a spaces for those for those writers to exist and readers to exist and it was cool it was really cool that they were gonna include that uh, as part of the program and then the day before the, con- the, the 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 convention they cut those like they completely cut those with no explanation they just cut them and we all kind of went like well what the hell like where how come that was cut like what happened and then the divergent writer Veronica Roth posted something about like, "Hey, I this this is not right, and I will not be participating because of this." And then she contacted like a small independent bookstore and had her signing there. She's like, "I'm already here. Like, if you want to come, I'll be here, but I will not be supporting that that conference." And the conference like little by little died down. Like, it didn't last five days, and Good. so I don't understand. Mexico works in very mysterious ways, man. Like in in some some things they're very modern, and other things they're not, and it's very strange. And this movie portrays that in a way that, like that scene near the beginning where like they go and visit uh, the mom, the like her mom for Mother's Day, like they bring her the flowers and they're talking and stuff. That scene felt like I I feel like I was on that table, like I've been on that table, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like extremely and uh yeah uh that's i don't know like i i'm glad that stories like this are being told because they will portray us 
in a way that I like, like for example, we saw Blue Beetle and we're like, that's so cool. Like we get to be superheroes, like we get to see ourselves in there. There are dark sides to our stories as well. And they need to be told as well in order for us to see them and be like, the first step in fixing a problem is realizing there's a problem. And mm-hmm. I think that was the purpose of this movie. I don't want to talk for, for Ms. Garza Cervera uh, on, on, on this, but uh, that's what I got from it. And I think starting the conversation was this movie's big leap. And I hope that it does. Because I I did saw people watch this movie like people this movie was seen by people in theaters and on streaming and like people are talking about it not just here but also like outside of here so mm-hmm. I hope it helps you know well one thing I think that also helps is the fact that like like in the portrayal of the in portraying of the movie even uh, Valeria's aunt I want to say it's Isabella I might be wrong there yeah um, is her aunt did you pick up the fact that her aunt was gay. Or no. Yeah, yeah. Uh you can um, tell from And yeah, and the mother says, Oh, she's a spinster. Like, no, she's not. She's the aunt that understands like what you're going through. She might be the aunt that's like, You sure about this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. I've 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 been through the ringer already. So fine. If you want to do this, that's fine. But the aunt kind of knows. And then we get uh and then we get scenes of Valeria's sanity being questioned by everyone, not and including her husband, which is crazy because initially the husband is very supporting and on her side, but right after the kid's born, he's very like not trusting her, double checking her. Um, at one point he's talking to his mom, like, oh, we can have her institutionalized. Yeah. I'll send the paperwork. Like, okay, dude, like that's that's the mother of your child. Maybe talk to her and work with her on what's going on. Yeah, maybe start there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Validia is haunted by evil spirits, which I don't think it's a stretch to say that the evil spirits are in reality either one, postpartum depression, or two, like, it's a sign of her, I guess, like a reckoning almost of like, you and I both know internally, this is not what you want. Yeah. And she's almost dealing with that pressure, dealing with that scenario. Um, at one point, and I, I did like this, and I think it could have been a cool day not, dichotomy if they had dive, div, dived into this more. Um, sacrifices of being a parent. One of those is also like putting away your hobbies. You know, the doctor tells her like, hey, you can't be do carpentry anymore. Like the chemicals are bad for the kid. So we ha- yeah. get this scene of her putting away her tools and stuff. One thing I wish we had focused in on a little more would have been the husband and his music. Because we get the sense that he's a big music guy. But at one point we see like the guitar is in the is in the closet, awesome. you know. Yeah, he has to put these things away because it's time to be a parent now. And that's going to take up more of your time. Um, I think that could have been a fun dichotomy to show of like it's self-sacrifice on both sides of the aisle. But I get it. They want to focus on Valeria and I don't hate that. I thought, uh, maybe I misinterpreted this, but I thought like music was his job and carpentry was her job. No, he seems like he has like a like a a normal job. I think when they're talking during the remember when they have that dinner with those piece of shit friends that like, oh, it looks like you built it yourself. Yeah, but like you're they were like also in a band and they were like, Well, you join us, like you know, fill up fill up this guy's spot. Um but didn't they mention that he was working like an office job? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know why. I uh, well, it kind of doesn't matter. But like, uh, yeah. yeah um, I don't know. That's what I had gotten from that. And uh, 
I have a question for you. Uh, this movie is sure. only available in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw your video review. You said you, you saw it with a bit of subtitles, but like, how were you able to follow on it? Like, were you lost sometimes? Did they say something that you didn't understand? Or like, do you, do you rely heavily on those subtitles? Uh, I'd say 50-50 because I was, I'm able to follow easy conversation, but when they're getting into like the specifics of like, um, I'm trying to remember, like when they're reading the egg, for example, or oh, yeah. when they're talking about, I'm trying to remember, having your institutionalized, there are key words in there that I've never heard before because I've never heard the word institutionalized in Spanish, you know? It's the same. <laughs> Institu <laughs> institutionalized? Institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar it's similar it's similar. i i have a, i had some trouble keeping up without the subtitles um during okay. certain sections other times though i can just listen and i understand what they're saying so it's it, it was a 50 50 i would say um yeah, uh, but i would say this though to anyone who's thinking about not watching this because of subtitles think of parasite like you were able to keep up with everything with subtitles and it you didn't lose any part of the story because of how great the acting was in the story Treat this like you would Parasite. Even with the subtitles, it still holds up very, very well. Very much so. I do. I I, I do recommend everyone watch this. And uh, if anything, I hope uh, I hope it it puts us more in the map. You know, we do. I feel like Mexican movies, sadly, and this is this is something that I heavily despise about Mexican movies and Mexican cinema is that we either go the Mexican movies have to fall into two camps. It's either. Uh, Here's a story about a Mexican trying to get into the U.S. and being and being uh, afraid of the port of, of being deported, and um, rich white Mexicans trying to learn what love is. Those are the two. <laughs> those are the two Mexican movies that are always made, and I like that this is a horror. This is a scary one that very much lies within. Mexican prejudice and Mexican traditional dichotomies and it's extremely creepy not because not only because of like the imagery but because of how often you know this happens yeah like how many people have suffered because they're living a life that they don't want to but because their family <laughs> wants to do it they have to do it mm -hmm. and I hope this movie brings a conversation and brings more people into being like no I'm going to do what I want to do and that's fine whether that's having a kid if you uh, uh, look pregnancy will be wanted or it won't be simple as that and i hope that little by little we get to a point where that becomes more normalized and i think this movie helped reach us in that direction i really like this movie i think it it it, it touched a lot of the very important topics and i do want it to 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 signal it and i hope more people see it uh i do think the ending where she goes into this trance uh with uh with the very scary imagery of like all the uh all the waseras kind of like following her and like kind of eating her almost uh is very much an imagery that cannot be forgotten uh to me the best imagery in the movie is the one at the beginning where they're walking and singing um highly recommended it. Sunshutter. it's on amazon prime here in mexico and um i had a good time with it i give it a uh, four stars out of five what do you think um, I'm inclined to agree, like B, B plus. Um, I did love the ending where in most of these films where there's horror and possession and demons ghosts, they go to where? The fucking Catholic church with the fucking Catholic priest. That's the go-to. I love that this movie does not do that. They go the other way. They're like, no, we have our own methods. We have 
these witches, the, the, these people that practice, you know, black magic and all this stuff. Something that has always been demonized in the U.S., but something that I think hasn't been given its proper respect, I guess, because it's not always, you know, putting curses on you. It's like, no, you need people that know this stuff to help others. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't come from a place of malness. It comes from a place of, of you know, being prepared for a situation when it comes. Um, so I love that we got the portrayal of those witches, you know, helping her, helping her to fight. You know, she even tells her, essentially, you're in some deep shit. Like, yeah. Like, this is not going to be easy. And they help her get into that trance. I love that, that image of her being eaten, but also that's almost like her demons coming after her. But... Yeah. Also, Valeria accepting who she wants to be and who she is. Because at the end, we get that one scene of her leaving the baby with her husband, uh, Raul, or her, yeah, her husband, Raul, and she leaves because she wants to go live her life. Like, she's like, this isn't for me. I don't want to be a mother. You wanted to be a father, and I want to go. And there should be some peace in that. There should be some peace in like, oh, she's going to go do her thing after this that's great um it's not a bad thing man it's not a bad thing to want to be happy some people don't want to be parents and that's okay fucking go have fun yeah just ask yourself that question before you have the kid because after you have the kid there is a responsibility there eh, there doesn't yeah. have to be <laughs> um, I, right, be there, I swear to god you better be uh so that's that's our review of Wesera. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can find uh, our streams on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And you can find video reviews on YouTube as well. Uh, next week, we're doing Totally, totally Killer. Killer. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Shema. I've been Eddie. And this was The Rollback. Signing off with a reminder that if you have people in your life that watch this movie and you have a good time and, ev- and everything is great, but then later you're hanging out with them, and uh, you get to uh, a point where uh, their knees crack and you call them Wasera, they're not going to appreciate it. I learned that the hard way. So, uh, yeah, just um, yeah, just think before you talk. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say condoms are 75 cents. Kids are expensive. You know, that, that, that was going to be my lesson, but okay. I mean, that too. I mean, both. A little both. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone.